so thanks for, for, for joining us on the, on the podcast, Miles. Um, and, it, uh, you know, obviously we've known each other for many years. Um, you've been instrumental in helping kind of set up the business, uh, Thinking Circles, getting, helping me kind of generate business as well at Thinking Circles. So I think it was kind of um, worth kind of dipping into your brain and your background on, you know, basically what's currently happening within the recruitment market and kind of just getting your feedback because I'm sure that listeners would, kind of be really interested to know from someone of your experience um what they could or shouldn't be doing at times like this so i suppose one of the kind of one of the kind of first questions just to kick things off would be you know if you're running a recruitment business at the minute you know obviously the you're you're probably panicking at this stage um and you're probably trying to figure out right do who, who do we furlough do we furlough anyone what do we do how do we survive I mean, how, what would your thought processes be at this time if you were in that position? So the challenge there is that, is that we're speaking in a moment in time where different people are going to have to be different places along the trajectory of reacting to a situation which has unfolded very quickly. Now, if we'd have this conversation two weeks ago, um, people's mindsets might have been different to where they are today, and they'll be different again in two weeks from now. Um, the... Um, you know, when it comes to survival, though, the, the, the trick is is to get everyone in your leadership team, particularly, has got their whole organisation as quickly as possible into the same sort of emotional state and realisation as to where you actually are. Um, and the difficulty there is that that um, you know that if you, I remember board meetings happening in early mid March where the COVID nineteen probably wasn't even named COVID nineteen then if it was it was sort of coronavirus. We're still talking about sort of plans for setting up that office in New York or. Uh, I know, and it's amazing how quickly the, the, the tectonic plates have shifted. So the first important thing is that say panic is probably something which everyone in a mild sense does from a personal level and then from a corporate level. And you need to get over that and think clearly under pressure. Um, you know, that's uh, that, that, that Clive Woodward expression, I think, used as a coach in the England rugby team. It's really important that you actually sort of pause and don't do anything without carefully considering what it is you're looking to do and, and, and not just therefore need mm-hmm. reacting to a, a challenging situation having said that you have to act quickly so um in terms of um you know, the, the approach i think that that um you know, all my businesses and i've got probably about nine or ten i've got some association with some different sizes um was a start starting off with getting everybody in the same mental state about the fact that something had to happen you have to get ahead of this but at the same time being uh conscious of the fact that you have to ensure that there's, in terms of leadership, you're setting an example uh, that others want to follow, rather than telling others what to do, and then them looking to say, "Well, what are you doing?" So, I mean, so, can, but can can you really plan for something that like this, though? Because obviously, we've not really been into a situation. Or, or do you just do you compare it to like the early days of Brexit when we weren't really sure what was going on? Or is there any kind of anything comparable? No, I mean, the, the only comparable. I mean, you know, having sort of being being an older git, you know, I've sort of been through several economic downturns, and obviously the most the most significant one. For all of us that have, have uh, you know, under the age of about 75, um, has been the 2008-9 um, situation, and and there again, uh, there was there was also economic rather than than, than social and 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 uh, economic combined, and that was one where 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 you had to act relatively quickly and decisively just to protect against an incredibly rapidly deteriorating situation, particularly if you had a large workforce, and and the lessons learned there, again, I think are instrumental in the way that people are acting. So when you look at what people are acting now. Depending on your experience there, this but also I think it really goes leans to the type of, of reaction you're taking to this. So you know, for example, in countries like Ireland, um, mm. 
where the 2008-9 crisis was probably deeper and more pronounced than there was in the UK, the response to COVID-19 and this current crisis has probably been more quick amongst the companies I've seen there and also more dramatic in terms of the types of pay cuts mm-hmm. and the amount of people going part-time and what and it's three-day weeks there rather than only four-day weeks generally I'm seeing in the UK you know and done very quickly because they're, they're more tuned and conditioned to an mm-hmm. extreme situation I think that those that haven't weren't in a leadership role or had responsibility back in 2008-9 now probably find this is a bit more than a shock than those that have been through that um, but the response has been um, I think very much determined by people's experience there and those that went through that probably un- understand that you have to actually act quickly to protect the maybe whatever comes down the, line, the road and protect the business so that when it does when we do recover and we will recover from this mm-hmm. and the economy will pick up at some point maybe in a different way that we're then in a position to respond and you haven't got rid of all the capacity that you need to be able to respond quickly. Um, so, from my, from, I mean, that, that, that could that could pretty much stand for most businesses, you know, and not just necessarily recruitment. But with regards to kind of recruitment specific businesses, do you think, how do you think this is going to um, change them moving forward? You know, obviously, you know, a good example, I suppose, from, from, from the things that we're seeing is from a technology point of view, people working from home more often. Uh, yeah. And they're having to use things like Zoom, like we're using now. So kind of video interviewing, video onboarding, and things like that, which are positive things from, you know, I see it. But, you know, is there anything that you kind of, I suppose, from 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 a larger scale, from a much more kind of strategic point, that you think this would would would, would change recruitment um, kind of permanently? Well, I think there are two or three, obviously, a whole load of overlapping um, areas. But I think you've you always I think you always from a mindset I'd strongly recommend anybody who's having sort of having a panic about the future um, you know, look at this as a look at it deliberately from a perspective of a glass half full what could this mean and what opportunities are going to be presented through this this uh, this this challenging situation now the first thing is um, there will be recovery as I mentioned before so so prepare for that or at least think that in the back of your mind that we are going to get some some recovery and there will be some response to this. In the sense, there'll be opportunities for people to then wanting to hire or or, or you know, looking to build some sort of capability they haven't got before in their workforce. The next is is they're looking at what's happened in in previous downturns. Um, obviously, this is very different, but there have been previous downturns. Every single time we've had a downturn, going through back to the 1970s, if you look at the statistics, it's resulted in a structural growth in our industry, particularly when it comes to um, contingent workforce, so temp um, mm-hmm. or no, non, not no, temp contract, non-perm. Yeah. So that's that's something which we can assume is going to happen because the lack of confidence, people are going to want to make sure they're not building in fixed um, costs into their business. They want to have that flexibility. That's something that's likely to happen. Now, obviously, in the context of a of a pandemic and social distancing and the work from home, we'll come to that in a second. But that may change the dynamic. But there's no doubt that's going to be the case. If you overlay then technology, um, which you mentioned, well. We're all getting up to speed now on using these uh, communication tools that some of us were using before, some of them not so much, so much and that's going to change maybe the way that workforces operate and people work within, uh, within organisations because I think there will be great, probably it will trigger or act as a catalyst for a much greater degree of flexibility on, on, on working in the place of work. And I think particularly given the experience that we're all having with um, a pandemic is, is that our, our whole approach to um, uh, close proximity of working and our working arrangements are likely, are likely to change, certainly for in the short, medium term, uh, maybe in the long term, maybe even permanently. 
So, so that's going to have some, some, some impact. In terms of, the, of when it comes to, to recruitment specifically, um, there's no doubt, though, that, that, that there are going to be, you know, they're going to be, forget the moment sectors, you might come and ask a question about which sectors might mm-hmm. do well or not, well, you know, because some people will be doing well in this, uh, this particular crisis. But there is, um, there's also, though, um, um, the factor around um, how technology or how this might change the way that workforces operate. Now, one of the things that technology is doing is it's providing through you know, online um, uh, models um, you know, opportunities for maybe people to, 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 to own their own or to, to be responsible for their own uh, employed workforces that then move from one uh, situation to another, from one organization to another, from one uh, deployment project mm-hmm. to another. And I can see that being something which is likely to be uh, to happen, as we're seeing now in one of my organizations where... You know, working with one or two authorities in the uh, working there, moving moving people from um, some blue collar work in logistics into food processing or areas where there's demand at the moment and there's a shortage because of of, of people off uh, are sick and the need to mm-hmm. ramp up capability. So I think there's going to be sort of opportunities and the, but it has to be flexible uh, with that. I think the other thing I'd say in terms of planning strategically. It's something which you know you, you and I have worked together in the past, uh, James, and you know therefore my 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 view and the strategy I've applied with some of my businesses is it's going to really reinforce the importance of diversification of risk. So what you don't want to have is all your eggs in one particular basket, whether mm-hmm. it be yep. in a sector, uh, an operational uh, methodology, uh, a geography, um, and and actually that you've got um, you know so if you've got you're always experimenting or looking at new ways and means of of, of working. And, and and generating revenue that's maybe uh complementary but that one stage removed from what your core business is and and seeing that as being something which is always part of your business model because you know even though everyone's been affected larger to some larger greater degree at the moment you know if you've got a healthcare recruitment business or you're um doing offshore recruitment in india um the, the demand there is is very high well that, that that's good because that comes brings me on to the next question is about kind of who are the winners and losers in this situation you know where where do you where do you focus you know at the minute you know is it and it, and some businesses just won't be able to kind of do, to redeploy that that quickly they just won't be able to do that and they'll kind of get stuck but there must be kind of you, you mentioned healthcare and, and kind of offshoring are the kind of areas that are kind of that are booming at the minute with this but what are the other areas you think that are kind of worth um, considering well, I mean, obviously, you can't suddenly switch from being financial services yeah. to education. You know, it just does not going to work. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, if you if you take the areas where, um, you know, uh, and I think you can't say you're not going to be able to pivot right now and do a 180 degree turn today and suddenly say you're going to do business somewhere else. It's just not, it's not so easy straightforward. But again, if you, you work your way through this particular situation, manage your cost base, and thinking through, okay coming out of this where should we be operating or where can we operate in the short term well most sectors have some interaction with technology and technology is one area where there's both a combination of structural growth drivers and the wonderful uh, additional benefit that most people can work remotely so technology recruitment companies whilst they're all being affected in some degree or shape or form the level of impact is far less and i can point to numerous examples where you know there's business being won even as recently as last week a significant scale because there'll be some sectors they're supporting where you know they're ramping up in whether it be in you know, online retail or it be in fintech yeah. or whatever it might be. So so there's going to be some 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 pockets of real activity. Um, and if you're you know you can be operating in a non-technology related sector, but then look to the technology roles that support that. 
Um, it's not that something you can do immediately. There's, there's a reason why technology um, recruitment is, 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 a, is a high growth area and, and companies are successful at it is because they're good at it and it requires particular skills. And it's also because clients find it very difficult to find those skills because of the need yeah. for that specialism. So you can't immediately become a specialist in it, but that's an area where obviously there's going to be some growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are also, um, you know, if you're working within organizations or in sectors, um, say, know, life sciences or accounting finance, whatever it might be, yeah. then your clients that are operating in those hot technology related sectors are good ones to be focusing on. If I recently speaking to, uh, one of the larger um, professional services uh, county firms, and you know, the corporate finance teams are obviously struggling because they're, they're all moving to restructuring and help to help uh, uh, UK organisations, particularly with their civil um, you know, continu- um, uh, business continuity um, yep. funding. But equally, it's the restructuring department, so everyone's moving from trying to sell businesses to going to their corporate restructuring divisions, and they're just reallocating, deploying resources accordingly. In the same way. If you're whichever sector you're in, look in your sort of client um, universe at those clients that got, have some degree of requirement and and, and work there in that in that, that niche. Yeah, um, it's not easy, but everyone's everyone's going to try and do the same thing. But you know that's where you need to be focusing. Well, probably I would imagine not everyone is going to try and do this, do do, do, do it, are they? That's the thing as we mentioned before. Some people just won't be able to do it, or they won't have the the capacity or even mindset to, to kind of work that way. They'll probably just keep on continuing to hit the hit their head against the brick wall. Um, and hopefully they kind of can survive until the other side of it, basically, I would imagine. Yeah, but that maybe moves on to, I mean, you know, you're a marketing business. Maybe one of the questions you want to ask me is about marketing, but um, that That's then up next. To, yeah, well, <laughs> well, maybe I'll, I'll answer, ask, ask a question rhetorically, if you like. But I mean, yeah. the, the, the one I find interesting then there is that the level of sophistication of our industry varies. I mean, there's some very bright people and there are some less bright people, but and I'm not trying to say classify anyone particular in any particular category, but um, it's very easy to go and say, right, we're slashing all expenditure. You know, obviously we're furloughing all our non less productive staff. Um, it's clearly a lot of people doing that and understandably so. Um, we're on a four day week, maybe three day week. Um, that might, it might escalate if needs be. Um, and, and therefore on all our back office related um, uh, expenditure, we're, we're putting to deep freeze because we don't see the point of spending it and kind of put people on furlough. Now, the challenging point there is that if you're trying to actually be a productive um, uh, consultant uh, in a market where there's very little activity, you can very quickly run out of reasons to speak to um, a client, a client maybe based at home, worrying about their own situation. You know, the, the, the transactional recruiter looking to say, well, you know, got any jobs, can I fill them? Or and that's obviously you know, an old trope and, and mm-hmm. one that we've gone well beyond, but it's that sort of type of basic conversation. You can run out of that pretty quickly. Um, and even if you're looking at um, uh, thinking quite creatively about the level of engagement you might have with the client uh, and you're just using the opportunity to uh, understand their challenges and try and provide some form of advice, that you know, there's limits to what you can do when the market is actually having a bit of a cardiac arrest. Now, where marketing comes in, and I'm a great proponent, as you know, where you and I work together and I've been sort of trying to you know, give you a little bit of distance occasionally on your business <laughs> is, is that there is a real validity in mm. in the marketing uh in, in marketing and it's in, in in any business in a, in a downturn and that's not looking at marketing as a just an expense and as part of the sales function it's really more the opportunity to get a broadly strategically messages to a wider community of clients candidates even internally within you know, the the, you know, the the employee base mm. um you know to actually you know, to create a process that can be replicated to communicate what it is that 
you're about as an organization what's different about you and why then you can add value and why you should be, be engaging with those those kind of organizations and that's something which can be done at this at this this moment in time both in an automated way using data that we've got and again there's very much access to data in a way which is very low cost and can be very much more effective than just individual consultants banging the phone all the time or repeating banging the phone. i'm not saying you know, it's yeah. really to do that but it's something which actually can really supplement and differentiate one organization to another um so you know what resources are available at the moment to support the client organizations the hr guys that you're dealing with girls girls, girls you're dealing with at the moment mm. the line you're dealing with at the moment to help them through this yeah. what resources can be done to support it? and marketing can actually play a real strong part in that. i always think also at this point you know not everyone thinks like that um so you've kind of made my argument for me but I also think there's, there's an argument to say there's a bit of a land grab at the minute as well. So business, the businesses, there are agencies that have completely stopped with their marketing or put it on hold or haven't even, you know, was, was going to, you know, move forward with the project, but kind of have, have paused it, you know, like it's happened with some of our projects. But, uh, you know, one of the arguments I was made, well, you know, there, there are businesses out there who've stopped this. So if you're, if they're a competitor of yours, this is time to kind of start, you know, ramping up a little bit more of your marketing, you know, understand kind of who, who's out there in that audience and you can kind of maybe kind of, you know. But I think it requires, again, where, where there's a lag, where you've got some job to do, ain't James, and, and your, your, your fellow professionals in this space have to, the job to do is to actually educate particularly leaders of, in, our, in our industry as to what actually marketing in its modern form and current form, what it represents. It's not just the, the new website. It's no. not the way you know, your brand looks. It is the use of data to um, better um, uh, segment and better uh, target communications to different parts of your 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 stakeholder base, and and actually the opportunity if you've got that data to do that is now is is fantastic. Yeah. The challenge is that you probably can't be as effective as as you and I talk about in the current context if you haven't got that data or ability to go and actually analyze that data, and that requires. Know, use of CRMs, uh, yep. to be CRMs, and the use of those, and getting you know, conformity of the way that consultants work to go to get and capture that data yep. to allow that that marketing function to operate. And to do that in the current, or at least to develop that, if you haven't got it today, is something which I'm sorry is going to take probably more time than it's mm. going to need in the current situation we're in to take advantage of it. You need to go when you come out the other end, think to yourself, okay, I need to now upscale. If I'm going to invest in anything, it's going to be in the the technology in the form of the back office technology that allows me to create the data to allow marketing to operate effectively. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we find that though, still with business, a lot of businesses that most, you know, that kind of end to end data capture solution and data and analytics solution is, is, um, you know, most businesses still are struggling with, uh, even when, even when times are good. Um, uh, and you know, again, not, not kind of, um, pushing our own products but you know we that, that's something we talk to a lot of our business about and, make, and want them kind of to understand how important that kind of marketing data is um but it is difficult even in good times to kind of to get that process in because what you find is that most businesses have lots of disparate tools at their disposal none of them really which kind of um talk to each other so actually that can also just be as difficult for for the marketeers like us to kind of to pull all that together uh not impossible but um you're right in in even with the situation as it is in a minute it's bordering on impossible to do that for a business because it's very difficult to kind of get a project like that up and running uh, while everyone's working from home and you know having said that well it's one of the interesting um uh anecdotes i can share is that i've got two or three companies i know quite well that are using 
this downturn uh, and this period of, of enforced um, isolation to bring forward projects such as implementing a new CRM just because of the productivity hit to a business that's operating um, um, you know, it's a full, full bore. Mm. When you're putting in place something, these new, 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 new projects can be significant. Whereas now at the moment, particularly as when it comes to technology, when it comes to the uh, training, onboarding, the technical implementation can all be done remotely. Yeah. Um, that, that now's a good time to maybe bring forward some of these projects. So that sounds counterintuitive because it may be also costing money. You don't want to spend money, but if you're already committed to the concept, but you're planning on doing something later in the year, bring it forward and do it now because now now's the time to go and um, get everyone up to speed and and uh, and putting it in place. Yeah, yeah, it's going to have the, the least the least amount of impact on your business at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm not saying it's a good idea in every case. I mean, <laughs> again, in terms of priorities, people have other priorities, but it's something worth considering. Um, yeah. You've got that in mind. Um, well, that's brilliant, and thank you very much for that, Miles. Um, maybe what we can do is, depending on how long this lasts, and maybe in a couple of months' time, we can have another catch-up uh, and and see where we all are and uh, and how the how the landscape has changed and um, and, re- and review it from there. Yeah, well, uh, it's a pleasure, James. And so, um, so anyone that's listening, just keep safe and 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 if you're leaders in, in businesses, you know, to lead by example, and uh, and hopefully uh, we'll come through it all sort of survive and be stronger at the end as we come through it well James brilliant thank you very much Marketing Rules Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.